and we're live with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. My husband, Rick, and I adopted a whole plant lifestyle in 2012, and today we are prescription-free and we're healthy as we have maintained our combined 130-pound weight loss. Now, help others and cast your vote for this lifestyle, so subscribe to and share Be Green with Amy. Post your questions and comments below, and I'll read them to our guests later in the broadcast. Just Toss Voice, let's welcome our guest. Dr. Brooke Goldner is a board-certified medical doctor who healed herself of lupus by adopting a plant-based lifestyle. Dr. Goldner is the author of three best-selling books. She is the founder of GoodbyeLupus.com and creator of the hyper-nourishing protocol for autoimmune reversal. Be Green with Amy welcomes Dr. Brooke Goldner. Welcome, Dr. Goldner. I was just jamming to that tune. It's nice. <laughs> I know it is. It's <laughs> I've heard you say, if you hear music, dance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so glad you're here. I was talking to you in the green room before the broadcast and how I feel that there's so many, we've had so many guests on the show talk about this lifestyle and you connect the dots. You tell us that maybe if this lifestyle doesn't seem to be working for us, it may not be because the lifestyle is not meant for us. It's probably because we haven't found out all the information that we need to know and how to make it successful. And you know firsthand how to make this successful because you have quite a story to tell. And so I would like for our audience to hear your story, your personal story and how you got here today. Uh, thank you so much. And I appreciate that. That means a lot to me to be on the, on the filler of the gaps. <laughs> but yeah, I've had a, I've had a long journey before I was a doctor wearing a white coat. I was a patient wearing that drafty patient gown. And that started back when, gosh, I, I started having medical issues at 14 with severe migraines that I'd be throwing up with pain for days, uh, sometimes for a full week, got all the scans and tests done. They couldn't find anything wrong with me, put me on painkillers, right? So then continued on with that. And then I started having random pains where my shoulder would really hurt or my knee would swell up and couldn't figure out what that was. And went to the doctor, they weren't sure, they gave me something for pain. And they were, you know, they were trying to figure it out, but they hadn't put it all together yet. They hadn't filled in all the gaps. They hadn't made the connections yet. Then I had one day where I spent the day at the pool and I got an enormous rash across my face and I was throwing up from a migraine, swelling everywhere. And my parents called my doctor, they met us in the ER and finally they saw the whole picture and they diagnosed me with a disease called lupus. So lupus is an autoimmune disease where you have so much inflammation, so much disease gets triggered that your body actually can no longer identify uh, what parts of your body belong to itself and what parts it should destroy with an immune attack. So normally your immune system attacks viruses, attacks bacteria, but my immune system started attacking my own organs. So not only did I have the rashes and the arthritis, but I actually at that point was discovered that I was in stage four kidney failure as well, which I didn't even realize. I didn't have any kidney pain. And sometimes people ask about that. Totally invisible, had no idea until I was in the hospital, ended up getting a kidney biopsy the next day. And the day after that, I'm sitting in a nephrologist's office with my mother and my grandmother, um, who was, we called her my second mother. She helped raise me. And, uh, and the nephrologist point blank told us that I had such an aggressive form of lupus nephritis that if they just did the usual medicines at the time, I would be dead within six months or at best on dialysis. That's what he said to us. Um, and uh, it was just, it was shocking. You know, it's one thing to have rashes and some arthritis and headaches. It's another thing to be told that you're dying. So at the time, what he said was, you know, we have to put you on some experimental treatments. So this was a while ago. I'm 44 now. This happened when I was 16. We didn't have all the medicines they have nowadays, Plaquenil and all the different medicines people take nowadays. They weren't even on the menu uh, at the time. And so it was experimental. So they, they said I had to go on chemotherapy as an experimental treatment. It's still used to this day. But the whole point of it was if your immune system's not functioning properly, 
maybe we should do the same thing we do to our computer, right? If your computer's not working right, what do you do? You shut it off, you count to 10, say a little prayer, turn it back on again, and sometimes it just works. So they thought, what if we do that to your immune system? What if we use high doses of toxic chemotherapy to shut off your immune system and then let it restart again and see if you can reboot without attacking your kidneys. So it was a very difficult experience. Um, I, uh, I took the high dose steroids. I took seven different medicines. Uh, many of the medicines I took were for side effects from the me other medicines I had to take. And we, um, and then I also did the chemotherapy and it was about, it was two years straight that I did the chemo. They weren't sure at the, at the beginning. They told me maybe one year, but then whenever they stopped it, I would relapse and my kidneys would start to fail again. And so then they had to restart it again. And so it ultimately ended up being two years straight that I dealt with that. So at that point, um, we were trying to figure out, you know, how to help me just live. And I, I want to pause a moment because I just want to check, am I having feedback? Because I feel like I hear a little bit of it and I want to make sure the audience is not dealing with feedback because that'll make it really difficult to listen to me. Okay. If anybody wants to make a comment, if you're hearing us okay, that would be great. I don't hear any feedback Perfect. For myself. I don't want so anyone I, bailing because they can't stand. I know. That, that wouldn't be nice. <laughs> and I've seen it before with StreamYard, so I just wanted to make sure. Um, uh -huh. but yeah. So it was, you know, it's really hard. And I connect very well with people with autoimmune disease because, or any chronic disease, really, because here you, you have your symptoms, right? So the, the arthritis and the pain and the migraines and all the things I had, plus I had the side effects of all the drugs I had to take and I had to finish high school. So how I survived and the way I help my patients and my clients is that you have to cling to your sense of purpose, whatever that is. You can't let your disease become your life, your focus, um, because it'll rob you of everything. It has to be that you keep them in se separate boxes as it is. Here's what I have to do to get my health back. Or, you know, at the time I didn't know I could get my health back, but how, here's how I survive and the medicines I have to take and all that. And then here's my purpose. I, I want to be something special. I want to help people. I, I, I'm, I love science. Maybe I'm going to be a doctor, right? I'm gonna, I had that other part. And that's what kept me going and optimistic and hopeful and encouraged and grateful was focusing on my purpose and my passion and my family and all the things I had and keeping the illness kind of just something I had to deal with. And, and that was really what we thought was going to be what my life was like, sadly, was it was going to have to be me finding a way to live and have purpose while also being someone who took medicines and had health problems. And um, I'm really grateful to the family I had for helping me do that during those years. I was sick for 12 years and, uh, you know, with lupus and then the kidney failure. And then when I was in medical school, I got blood clots. I had mini strokes. Uh, I had to go on injectable blood thinners. I was told forever. I was told I could never have children, that I'd probably be disabled by my 40s. But I just kept coming back with, I'm not gone yet. And I'm just going to make this life everything it can be. I'm going to make it so good that in however many years I get, 50 years or less, however many years I get, I'm going to be more fulfilled than most people are after 100 years. I'm just going to just have all the gusto and passion and, and excitement for life that I can and go after every dream I possibly can. And so that's what I did. And, and I was content. You know, I took my meds, I took my shots, and I finished medical school. I got my first choice of residency. And I was excited about my life, even if it was going to be a life without children, even if I was going to be disabled, I could still be a doctor. I could still uh, live an amazing life where, you know, how many people actually go after their dreams and, and get them. And, and so I felt like I still had the best life ever uh, in spite of what I had to live with in terms of my physical symptoms. And that's actually what led me, you know, I was totally happy with the life I had and then fate takes over. And, uh, and I'm able to heal. And that actually, that was just a pivot that happened because I married the right person. Um, my husband, Thomas Tadlock, uh, we met just as I was two months away from moving to California to start my residency. And we fell in love like right away. I mean, just, just head over heels. And he was talking marriage like within the month of meeting. And I knew with my whole heart, that's what I wanted, but I had to tell him, listen, you know, I, I'm not gonna have children, I'm not gonna live a long life, I'm gonna be disabled, you're gonna have to take care of me when I become disabled. Uh, is, <laughs> I'm okay with it, you know, I'd rather keep you in my life in some way than have you commit your life like that if you don't want to. Um, and he 
he just said, you know, I'd rather live a short life with you than a lifetime with anyone else. And let's just do this. And so I said, okay, yeah, let's do it. So, so I got excited. Um, cause I planned for the white coat. I never planned for the white dress. That was like a whole nother level of stuff that I'd never even allowed into my brain. And so I wanted to change my diet, not because I thought it had anything to do with my health. At this point, I was a genetic researcher at Carnegie Mellon. I went to medical school. I was graduating medical school. So I knew everything there was to know about health, right? And it never mentioned diet. So that must have nothing to do with our health, right? Because they would have told us that if that was the truth. So I didn't change my diet because I thought that it could reverse disease. I wish I had that insight or brilliance. I don't. Uh, I changed my diet because I was marrying someone who is, he's a best-selling author of a book called Miracle Metabolism. His expertise is understanding how to give everyone a fast metabolism. Now he was using that for fat loss and muscle building, right? He was training people for MTV, which at the time was really cool. Uh, I don't even know if MTV still on, but, but back then it was really cool. Um, and I wanted to look like an MTV star for my wedding, pure vanity. Pure vanity. I, I was overweight because I was eating hospital food and hospital food is the best diet to eat if you're trying to be fat and sick. It's really good for hospital business. So I was on that diet. Um, I was a vegetarian, but I was a high cheese and processed food and eggsitarian. So I was overweight and I was sick. So he said, if you're not willing to eat meat, which at the time he thought was necessary, now he knows that actually the metabolism is much faster without it. He was still learning too. Uh, I wasn't willing to eat the meat that he said, so I ate everything else. And I ate tofu instead of meat, high amounts of raw vegetables, omega-3 fatty acids, high water intake. And within three months, I lost over 20 pounds. I went from a size 11 to a size three, and I had no symptoms of disease. For the first time since I was 16, at the time I was 28, went and got my labs drawn and they were negative for lupus for the first time in my life. This year in August, in October, it'll be 16 years since I've been lupus free, both symptoms and negative labs. I've had zero blood clots. I have no blood clot antibodies. I've had two beautiful, amazing kids who you've met. Uh, and uh, I have no disability. When I hit 40, I was on the cover of Fit Over 40 instead of being in a wheelchair. So life all took a different direction. And because of that, and especially after I had my first son, I realized that the science was not complete because the only thing I'd done was change my diet. And I had never heard of plant-based nutrition. I'd never heard of plant-based doctors. And I went and did the research myself. My husband and I did it together looking at cellular biology, which I have a background in, in genetics and cellular biology and nutrition and how different types of nutrients affect cellular structure, cellular repair and immunity. And I found out that we'd accidentally created just the most anti-inflammatory diet possible and the one that promotes the, the fastest rate of cellular repair. And so we started testing it and we tested it for at least a year before we started teaching it after we proved that it would work consistently every time. Because I think that's what's missing from a lot of diets is I got better, just do what I did. And then some people get better and some people don't. And you don't know why. And, you know, so we wanted to make sure we had something that was very scientifically sound, reproducible at 100 percent. And that was going to give everybody that same result they were looking for. So it's been over a decade since we brought it to the public. I've taught all my program, my protocol online for free. I do free Q&As. I do as many interviews to teach as I can because I want everybody to have the information they need to live the best life they can. And to be able to do what I do now is not only pursue my dreams, but but be healthy and full of vitality and full of hope and no fear for the future because of the health I'm able to get from my diet too. Wow, you have just given us a lot of hope. A lot of people are listening and watching and you have just spread out a lot of hope. And there's a few things that you touched upon. I mean, we in the plant-based world, we talk a lot about how many doctors do not get formally trained in medical school about nutrition. And here you are talking about that you were training to be a medical doctor. And obviously, since you're in medical school, I'm sure you were looking for answers. And you should have come across something in your formal training or in, in asking, I'm sure you probably asked some of the doctors and, and, and professors and so forth that you were training with if they knew anything about it, I'm sure this was something that was on your mind quite a bit and to not have stumbled upon anything that talked about diet and nutrition while being formally trained. I hope our listeners hear this because this is very important to know that you're going to your doctor for answers and, and, and it's not your doctor's fault. 
they've been formally trained in a lot of things, but this is just not something that's available in medical school. It's absolutely true. I mean, I actually didn't pursue more information about my illness because I was learning about it, right? So unfortunately, I was kind of more in the camp of, I don't need to think about this more than I need to think about it. So I think about it to take my pills and then I live my life. So I actually, I, I had great doctors that saved my life. So I never felt anything was missing. I was actually one of the lucky ones where the drugs worked. You know, Selena Gomez got chemotherapy. She still needed a kidney transplant, right? So I was one of the lucky ones where the medicines were working. And yes, I still had relapses and new things develop, but I, I, you know, I was actually doing better than a lot of people who never have remissions at all, who never have those spaces where that something gets better before the next thing gets worse. So I wasn't pursuing that. In fact, every chapter, I remember when I was in my physiology class learning about all the different diseases, every chapter at the end of the chapter, it said people more likely to get this illness are, and it always said people with lupus. And I go, nope, no, thank you. <laughs> I just, nope. So I, yeah, I, I understood it. I learned about it. At one point I thought maybe I would pursue rheumatology uh, because I wanted to help other people with chronic illness, be able to have a trajectory like mine to show them that, look, you can look at me, you can have a full life even with this disease. And so I thought that was going to be the primary way that I helped people. Um, then I found in my medical training that, you know what, because I'm very observant. I'm very observant of people and, and I talk to people. I'm one of those weird doctors that spends over an hour with people. And even when I was a medical student, I would spend my extra time in the patient rooms, talking to their families and getting into the patients and talking them out of procedures that I didn't think they should get uh, on, the, on the DL. Uh, but um, what I found was the people that were depressed and uh, alone, lonely, they had a long struggle with healing on conventional medicines. Of course, it's a hospital. Um, but abnormally slow and difficult. And then there'd be people who are surrounded by family and full of love and optimism, and they would have these miraculous breakthroughs. And I started to realize that maybe one of the reasons I am one of the lucky people with lupus, even though I still had the disease, was because of my optimism and my addiction to gratitude and happiness. And maybe if I could teach people that, I can help their medical outcomes more than if I become a rheumatologist. So I actually went into psychiatry and neurology, and, and, I, and I had actually also done research in the brain in, in college as well. I was very interested in that as well. So I thought maybe that is the key is that we can prolong our lives and improve our response to medications if we're in the happiest, most grateful mindset possible. So I, I became an expert in trauma and, and in, you know, in psychiatry. And what I found was that's definitely the case. But what I do now is I, you know, I do disease reversal full time. And what I found in my current practice over the past 10 years of doing this full time is that it's absolutely true that mindset is also pivotal to recovery and that when I put people on, I have a rapid recovery program where you can work with me every day for either four weeks, one-on-one -on -one, or six weeks in my group, right? So for those people who actually want to hear more of my voice, it's great. If you're hating this, it's not for you, but it's you know constant feedback every day. And what I found is that if I can get people to do the emotional work, the self-care, the um, negative self-talk, gratitude. Today in our group, we did two hours helping people work through forgiveness and letting go of old pain and injury from emotional abuse and, and, and uh, trauma. That when people do that, their recovery is lightning speed, just like the other people who are otherwise happy. So people are otherwise happy, change their diet, boom. Within days to weeks, they're symptom free. And then the people who have a lot of emotional trauma, uh, they struggle more. So we have to do that work as well. And so I found that everything I've ever been through, everything I've ever studied, every, all of that comes together to do the work I, I do every day, which is getting people addicted to happiness and gratitude and purpose while nourishing them optimally. I call it hypernourishment so that they can rapidly reverse their diseases and get their health back. Or if you're already healthy, just get to next level healthy. I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because this lifestyle is a wonderful lifestyle and it can really heal a lot of people. But sometimes there are other aspects of it that we have to consider. And that is the, the attitude is very important and the family support and so forth. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. And also there are some people that are really having severe symptoms with whatever because you, you talk about lupus, but you really cover autoimmune disease, right? Not just lupus. Yeah, and right? I see people with many different illnesses. Like in my current rapid recovery group, we're just finishing the fifth week. Uh, we have someone who came in just for resistant high blood pressure. Blood pressure has been normal since like the second or third week. It's been normal. So now she's just having fun getting superpowers, right? Uh, we have someone else. Oh, man, oh, he, just he just reversed his glaucoma. 
So in week five, he went into his doctor's office and the eye pressure he has is normal now. No more high pressure in his eyes. Uh, then we have other people, we have COVID long haulers. So we've had people uh, with COVID long haul syndrome who've completely reversed it. In my last group before this one, uh, we had three people who had that, who got their sense of smell and taste back and uh, got their energy back to normal again. So we're very excited. I wanna write those up because right now there's no medical treatment for that that's working, but hypernourishment on rapid recovery has. And of course, people with RA, lupus, scleroderma, Sjogren's, who all do it and have amazing results. I mean, we had one lady who she couldn't even make a fist for the past three years. And in the second week, she had already was pain-free in her hands and she was moving furniture around. She just put furniture together yesterday or the last weekend. I think she was just showing off now at this point. So it, it really works for all things. And that's why I love it even when people do it together. If one person is sick and the other person isn't, well, the person who's healthy is going to have a fast metabolism. They're going to have some fat loss. They're going to get better gains in the gym. They're going to be more resistant to infections. So there's no downside to it. You're just going to optimize your health and your life. And the immune system is something that we've all become hyper aware of recently. And some people may not have even, those who haven't had the autoimmune challenges have not really been aware of the importance of the immune system. I mean, we have an immune system, but then sometimes it turns against us. Yeah, I actually, I never think of it that way anymore. I used to think of it that way when I was sick, that my immune system turned against me. I actually, I always think of the cells talking to each other and Maybe I have a strange brain, but I've always seen like kind of the poetry and relationships of people's cells and body parts. And I remember being 16 and imagining my immune cells having a conversation, looking at the kidney going, what is that? That's the kidney. No, no, no. Never saw it before. Let's get it. You know, so I used to think it was I was being attacked. Now, through the work I've done, I've realized that actually, no. Our bodies are programmed for cellular repair. On, on a cellular level, there's an instruction book that tells every cell how to fix themselves and they want to repair. That's why humans are so resilient. Your cells are desperately trying to repair themselves and they are having to deal with not only the damage of what happened to them, maybe it was COVID or, or whatever it was, but the daily damage of whatever you're doing to it now. So if you're adding damage to your body with every meal, well, your body has to fix that damage. It's got to deal with the damage from what happened yesterday. It has to deal with the trauma that happened 20 years ago. Your body's fighting like crazy for you. But the problem is most people are fighting against their bodies. So what I always teach people, especially in my rapid recovery programs, I'm like, this is going to be the first time that you're going to have a good relationship with your body. This is going to be a compassionate and loving relationship. You can't beat up your body every day and then get mad when it gets sick and hurt. You've got to lift it up. You've got to feed it right with the right thoughts and with the right foods. And then your body is eager to heal at any age. It's eager to come back. But the problem is it's not our immune system against us. It's us and our behaviors against our own bodies. And most people never really realize that until they take the time to do this kind of work. Well, that's a very good way to think about that. And I think that that's going to change a lot of people's mindsets. We have this one body that we're carrying around and we have to make that decision as to our commitment level and what we want to do to make ourselves heal. And some people out there that are in the audience are having some real challenges and others are just maybe having challenges that they think are just part of older because so many people around them are having the challenges. Obviously, it's an all-encompassing thing. So self-care is really something that's very important. And so you talked about the positive attitude and we didn't talk too much about the diet. Your recommended diet is a different segment of the whole food plant-based than some maybe of the other ones. Yes, absolutely. So like I said, when, when I came to do this work, I actually had never heard of other plant-based diets or nutrition. And I think that that's actually to, to our benefit um, because a lot of programs are kind of born from everyone reading the same book, you know? And so it's like, and, and a lot of the programs too, they're looking at uh, what you should avoid, which I agree with, you know, meat and dairy are toxic to your cells and cancer causing and inflammation causing um, and things like taking in excess oils uh, and the processed foods, all of those things, sugars are in the process category, all those goes damage to your cells. And I teach classes where, you know, you can get five hours of exactly the mechanism of that, but there's not a lot of good information out there about what you need to add to actually accelerate disease reversal. And that's why the results are so variable in the plant-based world. You know, there's some people that change their diet and they immediately feel so much better. And they're like, this was the way, yes. You know, and then there's somebody else will do it and they'll go, well, I don't feel like that. Maybe I need more protein and then they're out. Right. So there's, um, 
but they're all doing it differently, right? You can do plant-based diets extremely differently. Some people are leaning towards salads and smoothies and other people are leaning towards like beans and potatoes. And you know, every, there's, there's, there's such a difference in a variety on how people put it into play. How are you going to compare that, right? So my focus has always been on what actually enables the cells to have uh, the most robust and rapid repair and what are the ingredients necessary to accelerate development of your anti-inflammatory immune system and to block or slow down the inflammatory immune system? And that's why my nutrition is so specific and it's definitely whole food plant-based, but it's definitely different as well. So hypernourishment is the process of intentionally overdosing your body on the nutrients for cellular repair and anti-inflammatory immunity, right? That's what everybody wants. And so uh, the, the nutrients and the ingredients that you need is that one, you need to have massive amounts of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and phytonutrients, right? If you have a very aggressive disease, I like to use images. So imagine if you've ever seen a superhero movie, almost every one of them has a video, a, a clip where the bad guy cuts the brakes on a train and the train is full of people and it's heading into a ravine, right? So then Superman is hypernourishment, right? So hypernourishment, we're gonna have vitamins and minerals and antioxidants. We're gonna use omega-3 fatty acids from flax and chia seeds, which increase metabolism and anti-inflammatory immune system. And then water intake is necessary for actually making all the chemical reactions take place. Not tea, not other stuff, but water, right? So Superman is hypernourishment, right? And what happens in the movie? So the train's going woo and it's coming in, right? And then Superman flies in and he starts pushing back as hard as he can, but this train has momentum. It's going fast. So at first he pushes as hard as he can and disobeys all the laws of physics, right? But he's pushing back. And at first what happens, the train slows down, but it's still moving towards the ledge, right? And then finally he gets it to stop. And then he keeps pushing and he finally starts to get it moving backwards, first slower and then faster and faster and faster and faster, right? That's how disease reversal works. That's how illness works building up momentum. People think illness is a light switch. Not at all. You've built up momentum over time from your traumas and your diet and on your stress and your lack of sleep and faster, faster, faster. Right. And then finally you get so fast, you can feel sick. Oh, I'm, I'm sick now. Right. Hypernourishment is how hard and fast can we push back to get you back on track? Uh, see what I did back on track again, as quickly as possible. Right. So not everyone who's eating a plant-based diet is hypernourishing, right? Eating rice is not hypernourishing. I actually consider that a processed grain. That, that, that actually usually sends people a little bit more the other way. Um, so when we're hypernourishing, we stick to making as much of your diet as possible come from the foods that are going to accelerate momentum in the other direction. So for the highest dose of vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients and antioxidants, use cruciferous vegetables, raw, raw cruciferous vegetables and dark leafy greens. When you cook them, not as much benefit, not as much momentum in the other direction. Um, Omega-3 fatty acids, flax and chia seeds, uh, not a teaspoon or a tablespoon. For people who are sick, I tell them to get a half a cup. If you're otherwise healthy and you're just trying to slow down the aging train, handful a day should be fine. Water intake, at least 96 ounces of water a day way more than most people are drinking, right? So if you, you know, if you just have a, you know, maybe 64 ounces of water and a tablespoon of flax and maybe a side salad, you got a little push in the other direction, but if you've got a speeding train, you're not gonna feel it. So when we do hypernourishment, we're making as much of our diet come from that as possible. You can add hypernourishment if you're already healthy and you're just going, like I said, slow down aging, increase your energy, have glorious bowel movements and, uh, and really good health, really good immunity against viruses and bacteria and things. If you're sick, then you want to add more of your diet to come from this and to do less that's going to accelerate the train, right? So if you're already sick and you're eating eggs and bacon for breakfast, you're speeding up the train just as you're trying to get the, the greens to slow it down. And the easy way we get people to do that is with green smoothies. They work so well. Forget anything negative you heard about them. Results are what matter most. When we put people on the smoothies, we say, fine, take your blender, stuff it to the top full of greens, pack them in really tightly, add that handful of flax or chia, use water to fill it up. It's usually like 30 to 40 ounces in a big blender, like a Vitamix, and then add the rest of the remaining spot for fruit, fruit for flavor. And what we find is that even people who don't really like raw vegetables, don't really like salads, you add banana, mango, and pineapple, tastes like a pina colada without the booze, and they love it. And so, you know, if you just start adding that, like add one blender to your life, and finish that by the end of the day, you're gonna dramatically increase your body's ability to fight and reverse disease.
Well, that was really informative. Thank you for explaining that. And you're right. And I often think about how, well, people do the same thing with weight loss. They expect that when they have this lifestyle that they'll immediately drop 20 pounds and they need to lose more than that, or they will immediately feel so much better. And meanwhile, it took so many years for them to get to the place that they're at. So how can they possibly just expect something within a day or even a couple of days or a week or whatever for them to even feel the difference when they didn't really feel the difference as it was creeping up on them? Of course, there are acute situations and I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the average person that's maybe be approaching this. That was a really good analogy and something very good for people to think about having that commitment and, and having you to show us that you had every reason not to want to commit to this and to change what you were doing because you had every reason just to give up but having that positive attitude that you're having and you don't have to be born with a positive attitude right no you don't have to be born with it you can uh you can develop it it takes work though changing your mindset is hard. You know, we, like I said, we did a couple hours of coaching today in our group, working with people on this. And what I kept telling them is one of the biggest diseases humanity has is our addiction to being right. Even when we're being negative, there's a part of us that wants to be right about what we're negative about. And so what happens is we have these brilliant brains. And so if we have a negative thought or belief, our brain's going to immediately go into finding as much evidence to support it as possible, right? So uh, we have to change that habit and be willing to be wrong and to be willing to let go of the things that don't serve us. And at first, when you're trying to let go, it can be difficult, right? That's why if you can see my, my books behind me, Goodbye Lupus is my story of getting sick, getting healthy, and the six steps to healing supermarket foods. Goodbye Autoimmune Disease, I wrote that one because there were so many people who would read Goodbye Lupus, go, that's that's good, but then not do it. Why wouldn't you do it? Now it's up here. It's not an information problem anymore. It's an emotional, psychological issue. It's, it's You've got to fix this to make the body do what it needs to do. So in that book, I actually go through all of the emotional stages of changing your mindset and embracing what you need to, letting go of what you need to, so that you can actually let healing into your life. Uh, and it's it's hard work. And that's why even in there, I have assignments. Don't turn the page until you finish this assignment. Work through this issue. Because at first, even the stuff you let go of, you might find yourself having carrying it again. And you're like, when did I pick that up again? Oh, I'm, picking, I'm carrying this negative thing again. Let me let it go again. And blow it away and let me start over. But it does take work at first to um, to bring in more of a positive outlook and to let go of the old one. And I mean, we worked on so many things today in that meeting, but you know, there's one person who's, who realizes now that she's afraid to get better because losing everything the first time was traumatizing. So what if I get my health back and everything back and I lose it again, that'd be devastating. And, and so we had to work through that. And I said, no, what's devastating is to lose it all and then lay there on the ground. But you know what I did, I flipped the, the, the script on her and she actually really liked it. I said, what if we look at losing everything as a brilliant opportunity to start over with a blank slate rather than to have like, a lot of people are trying to give like a, a, a house of cards that's like barely balanced. They're trying to make it stronger and, and keep it going. But maybe what you really needed was to start over and to start with a really solid structure and rebuild your life on your terms the way you want to with your good health and with your good habits. So, you know, a, a lot of times it also, it takes some professional help sometimes to help release that. So whether you have a psychologist or you work with me to find a way to have that reinforcement and to make it a daily practice. But yes, you can become more positive. You can release negativity, but it does take that level of work, healing the traumas that cause the negativity um, and a constant daily commitment to working on your mindset and your happiness while you're working on things like your nutrition. Well, that's good to know that you provide that because I could imagine with the way you described the symptoms that you had and the things that you had to go through in your lifetime. And I can only imagine what a lot of the people that are listening and watching today, some of them are, are having some real, real challenges physically. And after a while, those physical challenges just have to be wearing on your psyche. It's not just something that's easy for anyone to think about pulling themselves up by the bootstraps and just getting that positive attitude and knowing if they want to, they can take your book and it'll give them the little assignments to do 
to keep them on track. And if, if that's not effective enough, that they even have a resource like you to personally coach them through these things because you've been through it. You've coached so many people through it. You've seen so many successes over a decade that you know exactly where they're at probably before they even realize what they're going through. You can kind of help them figure it out too. Yeah, it's, it's I, and I never mean it in a invalidating or patronizing way when I talk about becoming positive and, and working through these things because I do know what it's like to live with chronic pain and I do know what it's like to have to take medicines, you know, just to survive or some days it's not enough and you have to stay in bed, you know? Um, so I do know what that's like. And, uh, and so I'm there for people in every way, you know, that you got to release it. Sometimes you got to cry and you got to mourn, but you got to be willing to let go of it. And the other part of it is too, even though we're doing everything we can to create the future we want, all we really have right now is today. And if we put off our happiness and our purpose and our lives for the day that we hope we feel better, we've lost the day that we actually have. And a lot of people with chronic illness, they get into this rut where they feel like, okay, uh, where they decide when I get my energy back, I, I will be social again. When I feel well again, that's when I'll pursue these things. And, uh, and, and meanwhile, they're just, all they have for company is their symptoms. You never want to let it be that the only company you're keeping is your illness. You've got to push back. And some days pushing back is harder. Uh, and some days it's easier. But we can't ever lose what we have today because it's still a gift to be alive. I mean, that's the, one of the greatest things I learned from my family because my grandparents who helped raise me are Holocaust survivors. So, you know, their family was murdered. They barely survived. And so my grandfather used to always tell me that every day you wake up, it's a good day. You're free. So I always had that ingrained in me that even with lupus, even on chemotherapy, I was having a better day than my relatives who died in Poland uh, or, or even the ones that survived it. So there's always worse, as my mom used to say, and sometimes that would irritate me. She goes, there's always worse. And I'm like, this is bad enough. <laughs> right? um, but there is, there's always worse and there's always better, but this is what you have. So how are you gonna make today okay? What are you gonna do to hold on to hope? What are you going to do to find something to be grateful for, even as you do everything you can to nourish your body too, to create the health that you actually really want? It's not easy work, but it's necessary. Well, just to be grateful for finding this lifestyle that you're promoting and knowing that there is a key to that door that you can open if you have the tools. So that's something to be grateful for. So you talked about eating and, and so forth, and you kind of talked about nutrients. So what about supplementation? What do you think about that? So I'm not really big into supplements in general. There are certain supplements that are a good idea, right? So the ones that most people talk about, vitamin D, it's important. Um, I had somebody on my Facebook page the other day say, you know, you don't need to take vitamin D. I lay out in the sun naked three hours a day in the desert and my vitamin D is fine. I'm like, great work if you can get it. Uh, but most of us <laughs> are sitting in offices or sitting inside. Our vitamin D levels are low. And when you have low vitamin D, your immunity doesn't function properly. So I have found that through my work because, again, I work with people every day in my program. So I have like my whole world is in disease reversal and what happens on a day-to-day -day basis. And I've seen people do the food perfectly, but if their vitamin D was low, their antibodies were stuck. We got the vitamin D to normal, antibodies disappeared. So it really is important in the functioning of your immune system. Current data showed people with low vitamin D are more susceptible to bad cases of COVID. So take vitamin D, get your level tested. That's an easy thing to do. We have labs. You can test your vitamin D. And if it's over 40, you're in a good range. If it's under 40, even though normal starts at like 30, 35, Get over 40, you should be in a good range. So most of us need to supplement because most of us just don't get the sunlight we need. People with darker skin or people who are very religious, who cover their faces or their, their heads or their bodies, not getting enough vitamin D. Um, even I love being in the sun. I moved to Texas because I just wanted more heat uh, and more sun. And I still had low vitamin D without taking a supplement. So um, it's important to take that and, uh, and get a lab to figure out how much you need. If your blood test is normal, Obviously, you only need you don't need to do anything differently than what you're doing now. If it's low, you're going to need a loading dose, and then you can go into maintenance with, once it's where it needs to be. But the lab test will tell you B12 too. It's an important thing we need. Um, it's not. It, there are people with low B12 who are meat eaters too, um, but more likely in a plant-based diet, just because B12 comes from uh, bacteria that live in fecal matter in poop. So animal poop has vitamin B12 in it. So when during the slaughter process, um, the 
they have found that every piece of meat people eat has some kind of fecal matter on it, you get some free B12. Um, normally, a, a plant-based person would get that from animals fertilizing the plant, right? Like you go to a strawberry plant and you just pick a strawberry and wipe it off and eat it, right? Not anymore. Now everything's triple washed and clean. So we don't get our B12 because we're just not eating the poop we used to. Uh, <laughs> maybe good, maybe bad, right? So probably good with E. coli and other things. So B12 also, you can test that level, see what the level is. And, uh, and then you can, uh, then you'll know whether or not you need to supplement or how much to take. So those are the ones that just are ones really every human should be getting those tested. And a lot of doctors don't test that without you asking them. I'm not sure why. Um, I, I, well, actually I do know. I mean, I don't, it wasn't really highlighted during medical training about, about testing those things, but it, it's definitely something important. The other one I use on a regular basis really is, is a good probiotic. The bacteria living in your gut are the ones that grew there because they love the diet you're already eating. So when you change your diet, especially with hypernourishment, oh boy, those bacteria don't know what hit them and they don't know what to do with it. So there's a lot of gas and bloating and discomfort and it gets better after a couple months, but in the meantime, it sure can help it along if you get a high grade probiotic. Um, I do use some other things depending on the person. Every once in a while, you know, I might add something, uh, but it's very rare. I don't, I don't produce supplements or sell them or anything like that. It's really in a case by case basis, but in the really what you need is to use the nutrition because your cells actually can do the job. And, and unfortunately, when people go to um, doctors that are supposed to be alternative doctors or functional medicine or even naturopaths or other stuff, they're still giving them supplements, which are medicines. Supplements are medicines. So if you're taking 10 to 20 supplements, you're on medication. Uh, and so you're still trying to force the body to do something it's not doing naturally. Hypernourishment empowers the body to actually do what it needs to do on its own, rather than needing supplements or medicines to do the job for you. Well, I'm glad that you said that, and I fully agree. I'm so frustrated with some of the people who recommend this lifestyle and talk about not having any supplements at all, except for the B12, and they say, oh, just get out in the sun and you'll be fine. I live in Florida. I was very low, <laughs> indeed. I think that everybody has different absorptions. I think probably most Americans at least are probably low or maybe even deficient. And so I agree with you. And it's kind of difficult to sometimes get a doctor to be willing to test you in the D and the B12. That can be a challenge, but there are some labs that people can go to outside of the doctor if they wanted to spend extra money, if they were really curious. But if somebody couldn't get their D tested, would it be harmful if they took a supplement? Not in general, it doesn't, it's not usually a problem. Um, I mean, some people get their levels up to such extraordinary numbers, I don't see the point anymore. Um, but you're right, at least in the US, there's labs you can go to where you can pay to get it done. But most doctors will you know, say, hey, you know, I don't get much sunlight, I'd love to get my D tested. Usually your internal doctor, somebody would be willing to test that for you. But you're right, it is actually, I have only seen one person correct their D levels uh, with sunlight and it was someone who retired to Florida who was going to the beach every day um, who was able to get off her supplements. Uh, you know, I don't think there was laying naked, but it was, you know, it's just, I think that, you know, we were, we originally, if you, you know, we originally were out there all the time, right? Whether you believe in evolution or the Garden of Eden, we were out there in the sun all the time, right? So we are now, we created these dwellings for ourselves and these lifestyles where we're inside. And so, yeah, even those of us that like the sun, which I, I used to be photosensitive when I had lupus, I couldn't go in the sun without getting rashes and throwing up and joint pain. So ever since I've been healthy, I'm addicted to the sun. It's like making up for lost time. My husband calls me the lizard because I just need to heat up on a rock. Like, ah, sun. But, um, and yet I still have no vitamin D without a supplement. So, you know, that's just one of those things that we need a little help for mostly. Yeah, well, I agree. So let's get some comments and questions up. Sure we have a lot of people out there that are enjoying this broadcast. <laughs> Yeah, Bianca Anton, I'm wondering about these green smoothies for people who don't have autoimmune diseases and how you recommend these drinks just for people trying to take control of their health? Actually, no, what I what I said earlier was that these are great for everyone. So uh, I have been healthy. This 
October, it'll be 16 years that I'm lupus free. I still have my smoothie every day because that's my superpower, right? I'm never going to give that up. That That is actually uh, such an important part of my health. In fact, if I don't have it, I'll be fine. But if I don't have it, I don't have this level of kind of manic energy that I have all the time. Uh, I don't feel I don't feel as good. I like it so much. Uh, and most people get addicted to it. It gives you enormous amounts of energy and vitality. So it's good for everyone. And that's why I was saying is even if you're otherwise healthy, don't know about any issues, if you add that blender a day, you're going to find your energy goes up. You're going to be more immune to infections. Uh, you're going to, there's just amazing benefits that happen. It helps a lot with constipation because that's caused by low fiber and low water intake for most people that solves the problem. So yeah, they're great for everyone. It's just depending on how sick you are, you want more of your diet to come from those kind of foods until you get better and less from other types of foods, but everybody should be doing it. I absolutely think that everybody should add uh, that hyper nourishment to their life just to have the best quality of life. It's anti-aging for all of your organs, including your skin, you know, so it's always nice to look younger than your friends. Uh, but there's just, there's endless benefits. Oh, I agree. Your skin's your largest organ and people tell me that my skin glows and I think it's because I have a green smoothie every day. Yes. So, yes. Smoothie girl, it gives you the beta carotene. So it gives you a natural suntan. Uh, some people think it's bad, like, oh, I'm getting orange, I need to back off. I'm like, no, that's when you're doing it right. You, you want to have beta carotene glow, you get that glow to your skin. I mean, like I said, I'm 44 years old um, and I feel so good and I get compliments like that all the time. Um, and it's, it's the hydration and the nutrition and, you know, your skin is your largest organ, but it's the last organ to receive nutrition and hydration. So it's, that's why it's often the first organ to show any signs of damage or illness. If you're starting to get um, a lot of you know, dryness or, or wrinkles or acne or rashes in your skin, that's a signal that you're not nourished enough internally because your, your body's pulling back the nutrition from your skin. It's using it for something. You just don't know what it is yet. So for many of us, including myself, having skin issues is one of the early signs of something bigger going on. Now, not always, but oftentimes that is the case. So once you get to the point that you're glowing, you know that you are nourished uh, all the way to the top, you're full um, because you have that that nice little side effect to let you know that everything's green, everything's going well. I'm glad you said that because oftentimes we think about the different organs in our body and, and we don't feel pain in them unless maybe something is terribly, terribly wrong. So to know that the skin, that can be the red flag, the only one that you may get as an early warning sign. And it may not be, you may still have things going on and, and that wouldn't show up. So let's see our next comment. Emily J, is it okay to add naked juice? I don't know if you know that brand, naked juice to my smoothie. No, no, no. Naked juice. And so store bought juices and stuff. Those are just sugar machines that you don't want to do that. So if you wanted to make some fresh pressed juice to add to your smoothie, you can do that. It doesn't add anything nutritionally that you're not getting better with smoothie. Smoothie is way better because it's a whole food. All right. Juicing is not a whole food. That is you're squeezing out something that was in the food, just like you do to make olive oil out of olives, right? You're squeezing something out uh, versus blending it up. That's just chewing it up ahead of time for yourself, making it a little bit easier to digest and get it down. So um, I would not add those kind of juices or things. Use natural things to make it sweet. Use, you know, frozen cherries, frozen bananas, grapes, find things that are sweet. And then what's going to happen too is a lot of times when people first start eating this way, they feel like things don't have a lot of flavor because they're used to sugar. You know, they're used to that that higher level of, of sweet that fruits and vegetables don't naturally have. But if you give it time, we're going, OK, it's kind of like in Wizard of Oz when it goes from black and white to color. That happens at around like 28 to 38, 30 day mark where all of a sudden you go, wow, this is delicious flavor. Um, but oftentimes in the beginning, you don't notice it. So as long as you're adding sugars and stuff to it, you're actually stopping your body from adjusting to tasting foods the way they were meant to be. Oh, that's a good tip. And so many of these fruits come frozen. So even if it may not be in season or available, a yep. lot of times you can just find these fruits with no added sugar right in your grocery store. Okay, our next question is, Emily Smith, I am in my first week of hypernourishment. Oh, protocol for MCTD, but I'm having difficulty reducing stress. I have three kids at home and no energy. Any suggestions? Thank you. I don't know what MCTD is, but I'm sure our doctor does. Yep, mixed connective tissue disease. It basically means you have symptoms and signs of multiple different autoimmune diseases, but so they can't give you the one label. So they give you mixed, right? And, and it's important to know that 
the, the label doesn't really matter. The only reason that the label matters is to justify medications and to justify billing, right? The insurance company wants to know what they're char you're charging them for, and you need to be able to justify your choice of medicines because medicines have some pretty difficult side effects. They can be life-saving, but they also have side effects, so it has to be medically justified. So they need to label you. On a cellular level, doesn't matter if it's lupus, RA, mixed connective tissue disease, you're still gonna do hypernourishment, so good. Now, the stress of three kids, I don't know why you did this to yourself. I, I had the second kid realized if we were outnumbered, it was gonna be bad, so we just stopped there. Um, I'm, I'm just playing with you, but um, but you know, it is hard. And, and you know, I don't think it's only genetic that the reason why more women have autoimmune disease than men. It's like one out of 10 people with autoimmune disease is male. Maybe genetic, maybe hormonal, or maybe it's how much we take on. Uh, women are very much trained in our society that we are givers and caretakers and nurturers, and that somehow self-care and time to ourselves is selfish. Um, I know my family, the women you know, they were the nurturers and they made the food and then they cleaned everything up and then they ate after everybody else did. Like, you know, they have one serving, but only have seconds if nobody else wanted it. Right. That there's this kind of weird thing where we're martyred for our families and it has to stop. You know, in my group, someone just said to me that, you know, this is the first time she's ever given herself permission to put herself first because she was required to by my program. Right. But if you don't put yourself first, your stress will stay high. Your sleep will be poor. And your illness will continue because stress in and of itself is inflammatory. So you need to take control of that and say, if I'm going to be a great mom to three kids, then I'm going to need even more time to recharge than someone with two kids, one kid or no kids, right? Because how do you have enough energy to power three kids, right? Because kids, they, they attach themselves right to us for their energy. So you need to schedule time for you. You need to schedule your bedtime and have some kind of ritual that leads up to your bedtime where you relax. For me, it's a, a hot bath full of Epsom salts and essential oils where the whole day disappears once I get in the tub and then all of a sudden I can sleep, right? The brain is going all day, get in the tub, my brain knows, ah, it's over for the day, relaxation. So a nice sleep ritual, um, exercise, really important. I don't know how bad your joints are, if they hurt swimming, if they're not hurting, maybe you can do some other things, but all of those different activities, exercise and, and self-care and good night's sleep and preparation for sleep, those are going to help you beat your disease, be as energetic and healthy as you need to be, to be a good mom, not only now, but to the future and to being a grandmother. You can't burn yourself out now because look at what's happening. You're sick. So if you don't make time to deal with your stress and get yourself healthy, you're not going to get there. You know, I always tell people, if you think you're too busy for self-care, you're eventually going to be too sick to be busy. So your children need you to do the self-care necessary to deal with your stress. They need you to do it. And bonus is kids learn how to deal with stress by watching their parents. What are they going to see that you burn yourself out till you're dead? Or are they going to learn that when you're feeling sick, you take more time to meditate and do yoga and exercise and get good night's sleep so that you can stay healthy? If they learn that lesson, they're going to have much better outcomes in their life than you did so far, right? So it's really, really important. All you moms out there, you're not doing a good job of mothering if you're not taking care of yourself. You're going to be so much better at it when you take the time not only to nourish yourself physically, but spiritually and getting sleep and all those things that your body needs. I love that modeling the behavior and having more of mom to be available for the kids. It's really so important. I'm glad you had that message. Lauren E, trying to get pregnant. Any changes that should be made to your protocol? What do you find are best sources of protein besides flax and chia seeds? Oh, we're worrying about protein, Doc. Ah, yeah, you don't have to worry about protein. There is, you get plenty of protein from plants, from hypernourishment. In fact, there's no better thing to build a baby out of than hypernourishment. In fact, I've helped multiple women reverse autoimmune disease while pregnant uh, because now they're, they really get, need to get healthy as quickly as possible because people with autoimmune disease can die when they're pregnant. That's why I was told to never do it between kidney failure and blood clots. It was a bad risk to me. Uh, I didn't even consider it till I'd been healthy for four years, right? But there are people who get pregnant and need to do this and we do it. And every single time, not only did they have a healthy delivery and stay healthy afterwards, even one of them is years out, has already had another kid, never relapsed, never needed meds again. Uh, but the babies come out abnormally healthy. And when I say abnormally, I call them Hulk babies because they were grown on the green stuff. They're very strong, they're very smart, 
They're much harder to control than the other kids because they're so strong and smart. Um, but it's a beautiful problem to have. So the babies come out extremely healthy uh, when you do hypernourishment and uh, and eat a plant-based diet. It is the best thing you could possibly do. Think about it. If you need hypernourishment to repair diseased cells and get them healthy again, wouldn't it be great to start out with all your cells being made of that to begin with? course it would be. So it's absolutely wonderful. You do not need to add protein to your diet. There's no such thing as getting a protein deficiency and being well fed at the same time with any food at all. The only protein deficiency syndrome there is, is actually a starvation syndrome. It's not actually a protein deficiency syndrome. So even, you know, working with the homeless, I'd never saw protein deficiency because even though they were eating crap or garbage, they still, as long as they ate enough food, didn't have any problems with protein. So you don't want to worry about protein. You want to worry about micronutrients and hypernourishment is how you get it. Heather Varner, how does someone who is super sensitive to eating the same food in an increased amount for more than a day or two get headaches and dizziness, which goes away when I back off, hypernourish? Okay, well, it depends, Heather, because sometimes the causation and correlation are not the same thing. So if you're talking about an issue where you have a histamine high allergy system, the way we do that, and I've helped people do this, I've some people in my group with this issue, we rotate. So hypernourishment, you need cruciferous vegetables. There's a lot of cruciferous vegetables out there, right? Um, so you can just have like, you know, you, two or three that you have that you switch out. You can switch out flax seeds, chia seeds, and cold-pressed flaxseed oil. You can switch out your fruits. So you can absolutely do that. But that also might not be the issue. Sometimes people will start doing this, and after a few days, they'll go, oh, I feel dizzy flu-like symptoms or something's wrong, and then they back off. That's just the detox period where a lot of people feel worse during the first week uh, while they're flushing out all of this stuff that they've been holding on to. And then at the end of the second week, they start going, whoa, where'd all this energy come from? I feel really good. So... I don't know which one it is. I don't know if you're just kind of entering a detox thing that you keep aborting, um, or if it's actually food sensitivities, just do what I said and, and cycle them and that'll work. Sophie Elena Melinder, how much flax oil is ideal? I'm struggling with whole chia flax. Well, maybe you could also talk about the grinding and so forth too, right? Yeah, so hi Sophie. So um, I don't know what your difficulty is. If you guys can be super specific, it helps me a lot. So I don't know what the difficulty is. If it's that you feel too bloated or something, then cold pressed flaxseed oil is okay. I know the plant-based movement's like, no oil, but uh, this is a omega-3 purely. It is anti-inflammatory. It's the only oil that is, except for chia oil, which I can never find. So it's an exception, okay, just so you're aware. Um, but if you're trying to get the equivalent of a handful of seeds, that might only be like one to two tablespoons of flaxseed oil versus if you're trying to get that half a cup that we use in more rapid recovery kind of programs, that's three tablespoons a day. Um, so you can spread that out. You can do half and half. You can start slow and grow it over time. So it just really uh, depends on what your goal is, what you're trying to heal versus just getting better health, for example. Um, and then what's usually what's available in your supermarket as well. But there's also an adjustment period. Like I said, the first couple months, especially the first month, a lot of people are just bloated and just grateful that it's in style to wear leisure wear and leggings right now um, because they're stretchy, you know. <laughs> now I wanted to clarify, that was very funny. I love, I love the laughter because we were so serious about these very serious things, but it's nice to have a little laughter too. Oh God, laughter so, is me going are you kidding me yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the flax and chia grind it don't grind it does it go rancid if you don't refrigerate it okay yeah yeah so um you want to grind it per serving so uh you don't want to buy pre-ground because omega-3 fatty acids are sensitive to oxidation either by air or by heat so when you cook it into like a flaxseed muffin you're not getting the omega-3s if you buy it pre-ground you're not getting omega-3s um Oh, it's time for my kids' uh, music lesson. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, so if you pre if it's pre-ground, you can use it for recipes where you're cooking, where you're trying to get the flax egg, but it's not going to work for your uh, omega-3 intake. You want to use it raw. I've never had to refrigerate it, but I put it in my pantry. It stays cool in there. I mean, it's Texas. We have the air conditioning on all year round. I don't have a problem. I guess if it's hot by you, put it in the fridge, but never seen an issue. But you do want to grind it per serving. If you have a Vitamix blender, you don't have to pre-grind it. You put it in the blender with all your stuff and the Vitamix will tear it apart. If you don't have a strong blender and you want to use it in your smoothies, use a coffee grinder and pulse it because you don't want to heat it. If you just hit grind, it'll heat up. Pulse it, 
and then add it to the smoothie. And the good thing about the smoothie is because it is encapsulated with all the liquid from the smoothie, you don't have the air oxidation anymore. And then you, when you make the smoothie, you're putting frozen fruit or ice in it to keep it cold. So it's a great way to consume it. Um, if you're trying to consume it in like a chia pudding, you're going to want to either really work hard at chewing up those globs, or you can also pre-grind it that way too. So don't pre-grind it ahead of time, use it to order, and that'll work for you. I'm glad you said that because that's a big part of the lifestyle and that can make a difference in the preparation. And don't want to delay you for the music lessons for your children because music adds joy to life as well. Next month is Lupus Awareness Month. I'm hoping we can get you back because there's so many more questions that people had. So is there anything else that you wanted to add before we sign off? Oh, goodness. Well, thanks about that for Lupus Awareness Month. I think it's always important to be aware not only of illnesses, but our power to take our lives back from illness. And that's really the awareness I try to create is that we aren't slave to our genetics or our diagnoses. Uh, and we shouldn't be slave to our beliefs and our bad habits either, but that every one of us has the power to make our lives better. And it's more than we ever thought, right? I thought I had to work within the confines of a diagnosis to try to create as much positive and benefit as I could in my life within this box that I thought I was stuck in. But the box, did, it, was, it was cardboard. I was able to flop the sides over and bring more health in, but I had to do it. And so my advice for you is to start taking action now, right? Don't make this another day where you got good information, you thought it was interesting or inspiring, and then you didn't do anything. But do something right now today that's going to make your life better, whether it's starting a new self-care habit or organizing your bedtime, adding your smoothies, but do something today and every day to start bringing more health and happiness into your life. It's one thing that it's one investment you're going to make that's always going to pay off. Well, we're going to have to keep replaying that in people's ears every day because that's a very important thing to hear. We are going to have in our show notes links to how to reach you and you have wonderful books that can be helpful. And if people need telemedicine, you offer that as well, right? If the book isn't doing it, maybe they just need a one-on-one -on -one with you. Yeah, I have, a, I have an international practice. So uh, I do practice medicine in the states I'm licensed in, Texas, Hawaii, and California. But I also have nutrition wellness work that I do with people everywhere. Um, my rapid recovery group is an international group. Next one starts May 21st. So uh, that's for people who really want to go extreme, like full on the Olympics of health. Um, but there's lots of ways to work with me. I also give out information for free every day. So you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook um, or YouTube. You just look up Good by Lupus and they're putting links there as well. But um, I'm always giving out information every day, trying to keep people motivated and focused and educated uh, and inspired to keep going after their health. And then, of course, if you want to work with me, goodbyelupus.com. We also have a Facebook community. If you go to smoothieshred.com, smoothie shred, like get shredded with smoothies. Um, we have free recipes there, free videos, all for people to just learn for free how to make these recipes and start getting your health back. We do it all as a public service. And if you go to that website, smoothieshred.com, we also have a free Facebook community of people supporting each other with fitness and health as well using our smoothies. So my husband and I do it together. I always say you got to take back your health and save your life. And he says, you got to save your wife. Um, but we do it together <laughs> to try to help the community. So tons of free resources. Wonderful. So today's the day, guys. If you're out there and you've been thinking about it, now you have all the resources. A lot of them are free. So there's no reason not to start today. Today's the day to do it. Thank you so much, Dr. Goldner. I wanted to bring out Rebecca from PKA Solves. She's been showing us all the different links and she's been in the background helping us out with switching things around and pressing all the buttons so that I can just enjoy my time with you, Dr. Goldner, which just flew by. I also wanted to thank Jessica with Just Tuss Voice. She did the intro and the promos and she did the countdown. But most of all, I want to thank you guys in the audience. You're curious. You're having things that you need help with. And you really need to be a part of what this community and Dr. Goldner's community. And thank you so much for watching us. And if you want to join me in the comments and posting a comment below, because I'm going to do my tagline and maybe you can all type that in along with me and Dr. Goldner. So until I see you again, remember, be strong, be well, and be green. Bye-bye, <laughs> everyone. Bye, everybody.